1: Welcome into Poke the Bear, episode one seventeen. That is Connor Ryan. I am Evan Maranowski. Connor, how you doing?
2: Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing?
1: Doing great. Doing great. Uh, it has been an action packed week of Bruins hockey, as people can tell. Uh, and I, you know, I said this. You know, we'll say this now. Uh, this is not. This is. We're recording this prior to the Ducks game on Thursday night. But fortunately, there's two fresh games. to Talk about. There are many storylines uh, to go off of. So uh, we will not be short on uh, on things to talk about this week, uh, as you guys know. Throughout the year, sometimes it happens. It happened on Bruins Beat Monday, where just happen. You know, we had to record before the game. Sometimes things like that happen. You live with it. You move on. Um, but it has been an interesting week for the Bruins. It was a nice little back to back, first back to back of the season. Back to backs always fun. Always fun back to backs. Uh, but first game, it's the Panthers. Crazy game. Won that game. Pasternak, beautiful goal. Good stuff. Lena Solmark was great. Next night was a circus. <laughs> this is just, next night against the Senators. Quite crazy. Seven to five loss. They just kept going back and forth with three goals, then three goals, then three goals. Um, ended up losing in the end, pulled Swayman in the third. Uh, and I think people are kind of a little uneasy because it's like all oh, seven goals. Not great. Uh, Connor Ryan, is it worth panicking over?
2: I mean, I don't think it's worth panicking over in terms of a loss like that being like a an omen or a sign of things to come where the Bruins are going to have to win all these games 6-5 or what have you from now until the middle of November or anything like that. Um, but that being said, I, I think, I, yeah, I wouldn't view it as like an omen. I'd view it more as just a reminder of, you know, just the the, the margin of error for this team defensively when you got this personnel back out there. It's going to be uh, pretty slim in terms of you have to really be on your game, really adhering to that zone defense. And I think for as much as the Bruins are, and especially Jim Montgomery, are emphasizing, you know, being aggressive. You're seeing sequences here now where you have to, again, reel it in. You can't just, you know, get the reins taken off you for the entire game. It's about kind of identifying those opportunities to be aggressive and not having it end up burning. I think, you know, it was Derek Forbert who had to pinch up the neutral zone, led to that two-on-one chance and ended with a goal from Shane Pinto. Um, I mean, that, that, that game against Ottawa was one where every single guy on the blue line had two or three bad plays that they probably don't want oh, yeah. to burn the <laughs> tape from. That was not like it was one particular pairing, like Zaborl and Strawman weren't great, but it wasn't like just one pairing was consistently getting hemmed in. Everyone had a bad game. So, again, those things do happen in hockey, even you know Bruce Cassidy's teams that had a very you know stingy zone defense had a couple of games where things just got away from them. Um, so, yeah, I don't view it as like this this thing where it's like, all right, here it comes every team's going to be scoring four, five, six goals against the Bruins. But sometimes you kind of need that that you know gut punch from a, from a game like that where you know it just reminds you that you yes, you're trying to be more aggressive, try to push the pace a bit more. But if you stray from those you know, the bread and butter of what's been the success for the Bruins over the years has been a very stout layered defense. If you, if you let that slip against a team like Ottawa that had a lot, you know, had a lot of juice going into the game with it being home opener, start of the year off, zero two, a lot of firepower up front, it's going to happen. Like you can't just go have a, you know, a game like that against a team like that, or especially like a Colorado would have you cause you're gonna get run out of run out of the building. Right. So uh, game, against just, like,
1: game like that against Colorado would
2: not go well, <laughs> would not, would not be great. So yeah. Is it uh, this doom and gloom scenario? I, I don't think so, but still it, it's maybe good for the brooms to kind of get, you know, knock down a peg in terms of you look at those first few games. Yeah, they won. They would score a bunch of goals and they kept on fighting back, but Uh, there were so many of those sequences in those games against Washington, you know, Arizona, where it comes back being three, three, the Florida game, which got closer at the end, when it really shouldn't have, maybe it's good to have a a loss like this against Ottawa, where you kind of get reminded that you can't just let those defensive uh, identities slip at all in a game like this.
1: And then I think in terms of Swayman, you know, I mean, it was a terrible start for him. I think there were some soft ones that went in. I wouldn't worry so much about him. I think if, his next start is not great, then you have to, you know, be a little more worrisome. If these build on each other, if he, if his, if his next game is terrific, then, you know, it's just a bad start. That happens to veteran goalies, young goalies. That doesn't matter. But um, if if that builds on itself, then there's an issue. And by the way, there's been no sign with Swayman that like, it will build on itself. But I'm just saying like, if it does, then, you know, there's reason to worry, but off of one bad game against Ottawa, I, I can't sit here and say that I'm, Super worried about Swayman um, this season. Another thing, again, is just like, I think it that game pointed out the hole in this team right now. It's on D. Like, and I think it also, as you said, kind of tempers that. You know, it's great to be aggressive, but with this D core, without again, in that game, without Grizzlyk and McAvoy, with Anton Stroman, who's in his first regular season game, with, you know, guys like Zaboral, who's recovering from, you know, from an ACL injury and like different things like that. Like, I don't know if that's the group that you can just let go fully, you know up against the wall you can't just let them let them loose um and you saw that you saw that um but the one positive from that game and from the first four games of the season bottom six is contributing the other night in in Ottawa AJ Greer had another goal which again just an incredible value signing I remember we were all at warrior the day that Greer got signed we all kind of went like who like okay like great we were all kind of waiting for Bergeron and Krejci Little did we know that this, you know, A.J. Greer guy was going to turn into an actual, you know, contributor to the bottom six. Also, you have Nick Fellino, who had a goal the other night. You know, again, in the Florida, uh, not the Florida game, in the Arizona game, or there was one of the games recently hit, hit the post uh, and mm-hmm. then later scored. Uh, I'm struggling to remember if that was Ari- I think that was Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, They'll blend together at this point. But my point is, they're getting some serious contributions out of the bottom six, which is pretty good. Yeah,
2: really, really. encouraging. Um, as you said, A.J. Greer continues to be a guy that, it's something where I feel like we always talk about the strides that he's made and you know, the performances he's, he's putting together. And we always have to add a qualifier of like, we're not saying he's scoring 20 goals and stuff like that, which I still don't think is going to be the case, but he's at what five points already. Like he's at the very least proving, you know, that he can be an everyday guy in this lineup. It'd be one thing if that trademark kind of energy and that physicality he brings, if he could just keep that going night in and night out, which if he played like that while well, giving you seven goals and 14 points at the end of an 82-game season, you'd be more than happy with in terms of what... And I
1: think it'll be more than that.
2: Yeah, and I mean, yeah, right now he's on pace to be a 20-goal guy, a 50-point guy, which we'll see how that momentum kind of, you know, how much that carries over in terms of how much he can actually hit that offensive ceiling. But in terms of just what his role is and how much of an added spot he's giving you, at least right now, seems like a guy that's going to be, you know, you should confidently pencil him into that bottom six, wherever it is, um, for the time being and for the you know remainder of this year, if he can keep up that level of play, whether it's on the third line, he looked good on the right side next to Charlie Coyle. He's going to be on the fourth line uh, against Anaheim on Thursday. So he's a guy that whether it's left wing, right wing, wherever he's going, he's, you know, his game isn't changing. He's still bringing you energy. He's still being aggressive on the four check. And so far at least he's making the most of those opportunities. It's not also like he's, you know, tipping pucks or he's, getting loose buck, he's like sniping a few past some guys Like he's oh, got yeah he's a real goals for a guy like that um so encouraging to see that and yeah again Nick Felino, as much as you know some Bruins fans are you know ready to move on in terms of you, you talk about the contract or his spot in the lineup you gotta give credit where it's due that he's been effective so far you know, like it, you know for him I think it's all about carrying that play over the span of a long season especially at his age but Um, I mean, he's already equaled his goal total from last year. So you can only go up from here. Every other goal is (laughs) the sky is the the limit. (laughs) And yeah, he hasn't, you know, he's been engaged. He's been physical. There's times where the Bruins have had, you know, bad second periods or an extended kind of stretch where I think in Florida uh, they had a stretch where, they were out shooting the Bruins like 10 to one or something. And he started trying to like, you know, get some action going after the whistle, like just the the little things you kind of need out of a veteran guy in the bottom six, he's doing that. You know, for us, we always said it's never been an issue with Felino about, you know, buy-in or effort or anything like that. It's just production out there on the ice. And so far he's done it so far. So you add in him coil, who I think has been pretty solid early on. It's Again, we, we don't want to say there's any issues because, but the Bruins were also averaging what five point two five goals per game so far. Like <laughs> so far, the issue hasn't been offensively. Like you know what you're more or less getting out of the top six. Jake DeBrus has been great so far, um, but yeah, you look at most of the the secondary contributors, all of them, or at least most of them, have been pulling their weight so far.
1: And we kind of predicted that before the year, in the sense that like this is going to be a team that for the first two months of the year, very <laughs> offensive. You know, defensively, might have some shortcomings. What's interesting with with Felino is, you know, I think he's, you know, last year got a lot of hate from Bruins fans um, because of the lack of production and things like that. What's ironic is he's an easy guy to root for. Great guy, good leader, veteran player, like checks all the boxes. As you said, though, just did, you know, the production wasn't there last year. Uh, and I think people's, you know, gripe with him was it's just he's, he gets paid a lot of money and didn't really play up to it. The reality is, though, if he does, I feel like he can g- kind of become like a fan favorite, just given that good dude, you know, funny guy, like all that. So, safe bet that if a guy like Nick Felino really starts producing, that, you know, the, the Felino jerseys are going to fly off the pro shop walls. We'll get to jerseys later, but we're talking really safe bets, talking about a good friends over at Bet Online.
2: Right, you are, Evan. Listen up, guys. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your bet needs and sports info. Over at BetOnline, you can still find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, the latest fighting news, NFL bets, and yes, with the NHL back, even more wages and odds. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. It's super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, that's promo code CLNS50. Bet online with a game.
1: Stats. Stats. Where the game stats. So um, one player who's in the bottom six who has not been uh, producing at the level that I think the Bruins would like him to produce at, and this is kind of a continuation uh, of last year's Craig Smith. And this was a guy we talked about uh, a little bit heading into this season, this offseason, kind of being like, you know, he could potentially be an odd man out. He could be a guy that gets dealt. We thought maybe a Craig Smith deal could happen um, during the offseason, just given that there are a lot of younger guys like Mark McLaughlin and others who maybe could fit that bill and be a little cheaper. Um, so far, though, the, the results have not been terrific with Craig Smith.
0: This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe.
2: Yeah, no, it's been uh, disappointing so far again. We should say whether we're talking about Greer, Felino, Smith, Swayman and all these guys, like we won't make any, I think, sweeping declarations until we're a few weeks into the season. I think it oh, yes. always gets caught up into it. Yes. <laughs> that being said, as we do go into it though, it's you know, it's you look at you look at how Craig Smith is playing, it's not been encouraging, right? It's not just the fact that there's been a lack of production. I think he has one secondary assist, but Um, he's even not, you know, doing kind of his trademark in terms of firing the puck in from every area of the ice, right? Do you think he's got two shots on goal so far this season? And I understand the Bruins are, it feels like they're more geared offensively, so we think this would maybe benefit him. I don't know if maybe it's the fact that the Bruins are almost being a bit more selective in the offensive zone in terms of, you know, no more kind of low to high or low danger, you know, shots from out deep that can be kind of easily corralled. Um, They're settling for a bit more, but still, Chris Smith has a great shot. Like, it's, I don't think being more patient and, and trying to get a higher danger chances is going against the grain in terms of what the main strength of Smith's game is, which is, you know, that that shot. He's a guy that, what, has hit 15 goals seven times in his career. He's hit 20 goals four or five times. I mean, he's been pretty steady in terms of what you can expect in terms of maybe the floor of a middle six winger. And again, early on, but it just seems like he's kind of stuck in this, weird no man's land right where he's not getting a lot of uh power play time but you know his main strength is on you know even strength action i think he was fourth on the team last year in even strength goals one behind Bergeron and if he's in on the fourth line he's averaging you know seven eight minutes uh you know of of reps a night that's not helping anyone right like you're not getting the most out of how he can kind of play his game and he's obviously not benefiting from being on a fourth line so you know, the fact that Greer's kind of stepped in has made it a little bit tougher for him to carve out a spot, but it, it's something where it's worth monitoring, right? Because it's a good problem to have if Greer continues to play like a guy that could give you 20 goals. Um, it's a good problem if Fabian Lysel plays well in Providence or even Mark McLaughlin. Like if you're looking at it, we kind of push back on the notion of if we're looking at guys who are going to be the odd man out to make room, you know, for, for the cap. Smith's still a guy that if you're trying to win now would kind of fit the mold of a veteran uh, shot first guy that can really help, you know, add some finishing ability to that third line. But if you're looking at it now and you can get, you know, a cheaper production out of the same level as what you're getting from Smith right now with again, Lysell or McLaughlin or just keeping grew in that spot, something you have to consider again, I think the Bruins are uh, going to, you know, give Smith time to kind of reset and see if he can kind of fight back into the lineup. But, right now at least has not been very strong in terms of what you're seeing from him. Out of a guy that if we talked about this a month or two ago, would be like, all right, he's set in stone. You don't have to worry about the third line. It's Coyle and Smith figure out what's on the left side and go from there. Right now doesn't seem to be that case right now.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny. Cause like, you know, you touch on it a little bit is they are a different offensive team. You know, you see, they don't shoot everybody. They, they, they don't go for every shot. They get to high danger areas. Uh, And it feels like Smith's almost a guy who, you know, I guess can get hurt by that. But at some point you feel like he might find his rhythm with the new system where like he's getting to those high danger areas, you know, better, uh, maybe taking less shots, but scoring more goals. Wouldn't surprise me if that happened throughout the year. The problem is though, and you hit on this again, Greer, McLaughlin, Frederick, like, you know, Lysel down the road. Like you have all these guys who, you know, McLaughlin and Lysell are in Providence, but you know, Frederick and and Greer are, are up here Studnika as well. Like they're up here, they're vying for those spots. And so far, Frederick and, and Greer have actually kind of, you've got returns on. So again, I, I don't know if there's going to be that runway for him to kind of figure out the new system. Interesting to watch. I'm not going to sit here and say to you like, Oh, they got to trade him. Like it's not even four games in or You know, it's not even four games into the season. So I'm not going to sit here and, uh, and, and, and get on the trade trade Craig Smith train. Cause I don't think that needs to leave the station uh, just yet. Um, Someone coming into the station, Matt Groslick, back in the lineup Thursday night uh, against the Ducks. It's a big help. It's another, you know, top four defenseman back there. You need him. I mean, he's not a righty, he's a lefty you could use a right shot defenseman um
2: Anton Strawman is still stuck up in stuck uh in Ottawa I in said so he's got the he's got the sloss from Zootopia doing his bat, doing his visa yes. information just oh. taking forever poor guy
1: Poor guy is stuck in, uh, stuck up in Ottawa which is not you know it's not like he's stuck in you know Tampa Florida or uh you know you know southern California it's it Ottawa sure which not the greatest, but whatever. You still have to put a uh, defenseman tonight or Thursday night. Um, And what does Grizzly uh, bring it to you? I mean, this, do you think Grizzly kind of shores up the defensive zone a bit? Because, I mean, they don't need the offense. They just really right now need the defense.
2: Yeah, I think it's something where at the very least it, it gives you another weapon, I think, for Montgomery. And I think for a lot of people look at Grizzly's skill set, and I think it's both the good and bad in terms of what he brings, in terms of you can talk about how he's maybe – underrated offensively but you can also say he's underrated defensively in terms of just how good he is at breaking the puck out moving the puck through transition you know sometimes those plays are the best defense in terms of limiting the amount of time the other team is you know trying to force turnovers and recover the puck in your own zone which leads to grade a chances breakdowns all those kind of bang bang plays that can lead to a uh, high danger chances so I think he helps in that regard. And then I think just a guy in Grizzly who hopefully with a clean bill of health, I mean, he played two thirds of last year, the separated shoulder. So he was not at his best, which I think is something, you know, worth, you know, noting when it comes to him building off of last year, but you'd
1: like for your uh, shoulder to not be separated. while yeah, playing hockey.
2: Ideally, I would say so. I'm not a doctor. Yeah. Room, so let's, let's both say that, but I, I don't want to be too bold here, but I would say if I had to, if I had to pick, Had to bet of if I had to bet what would be my preferred option, I'd rather play with a show with a shoulder that is attached as opposed to it being separated. Like, I I find it would be a little bit more arduous of a a job if it was separated, but I probably agree with um, that. But yeah, uh, whether it's just that ability in transition to break the puck out, which could help out quite a bit in terms of limiting how many extended ozone looks other teams have, or again, as you said, the Bruins don't really need a lot of help from, uh, you know, generating offense, but a guy like Grizzly, who's, you know, known for being very good on the offensive blue line for, um, making the right pass when he's on his game, can you see how he kind of builds into Montgomery system, how he buys into it and how much maybe more of an offensive ceiling you can get out of a guy like Grizzly under this new system.
1: It's big. It's, a, I mean, it's one of your three guys you were looking for to come back. He's back by August 20th. That's Pretty good. You just hope he stays, you know, healthy. I think that's the the biggest thing. So uh, let's get to the fun. This is the fun stuff. This is what's the most controversial part of today's episode. I think everyone's kind of been waiting for this. Um, on Thursday afternoon, the Bruins, along with every other NHL team, announced their reverse retro. I always hate when it leaks beforehand. Yeah. Like I just, I don't like. I want to. I want to see it when it comes out. I don't want the leak. I don't. You know, I like to be surprised. Um, and the Bruins one was kind of leaked. It was leaked, you know, which what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, but so, you know, I'm not a Pooh Bear guy. I think we've both been kind of anti Pooh Bear in the past. I know I've been. Um, I think you have been, too. I meant I wrong. have no
2: I have no qualms with, with Mr. Pooh Bear.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I've never been the biggest Pooh Bear guy. Um, so I'll be honest, I'm I'm lukewarm on it. I'm not I, I don't find this. to. I don't love this as much as the reverse retro they had. Um the first time in oh, 2021. Yes. That was a was really real good science. reverse retro. The the yellow was sharp and like it would the logo was perfect. Yeah, they wore, yes, it, like, Tahoe. Yes, like I just I love that. Um, this is fine. I I don't have any like I mean, I don't love the Pooh bear. I, I guess I like the white, you know, but I I, I don't this like okay jersey. I I don't think this is anything outstanding. There are people who love the Pooh bear who love this, but I I don't know if I love this. What about you?
2: I think it's solid for what it is. I, I think one, if you really do hate it, one, it's a Jersey. So yeah, you're, you're going to be fine. You'll also, it, also they're going to wear this up until December. So like, they're clearly going to, once they reveal. Yeah, is there their, any
1: plan after that, that they're going to, well, I know I, the well, world until December 31st. What,
2: what I would imagine is once they announce the winter classic Jersey, that'll be their yes. other alternate. So yes, again, you don't have to worry about it. You're not going to see it probably that much, but um. I think it's solid. I think for these reverse retros, the one thing I hate, and I think that's why I think you're seeing the Bruins like consistently land in the top 10 in terms of there's already been like 800 ranking the reverse retro jerseys. Bruins are in top 10 because you know what? At least they went for it, right? At least they like, oh, yeah. did something. You, know, like, it's, you love it, you hate it, you have people talking about it. It's different. Um, it's like if people brought back like, what's that awful logo of like the Red Sox where it's like a uh, a humanoid sock, like with the bat and his chin. He looks like Jay Leno. Like oh, bring yes. That, like, bring that yeah. back. Like, who cares? Like, yeah. it, you'll have people either be extremely mad online and you'll have people who buy it. One, because maybe they like it or two, because it's hysterical. Like, just, yeah, just just embrace it. So, like so look I, at the, Canucks. Find,
1: the Canucks did that.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go for something like that. Like, I saw way too many ones that are just the color scheme slightly different or, or what have you. And it's like, all right, well, this is your time to go for it. And Bruins, again, had more of, of canvas to really try to you know do something different just because of the fact that they do have another jersey on the way that i imagine is going to be a bit bit safer in turn you know maybe yeah. just different colors but <laughs> won't be as as egregious maybe um i am with you though that i agree that they should have given the uh the 2021 reverse retros more run it's like typical nhl where like quite a few of those jerseys that year were like fire and they, and they, I remember play, we talked
1: about that a lot, and it, like they had some good unis,
2: and like you, you unveil that in the season where like people couldn't even go into the the building until the playoffs. So you had them play <laughs> like five or six games with them, and then you just stop, stop selling them. Like if you had that as like They're your just third gone. alternate, now they'd still sell like crazy. Like that, that was such a great sweater, so uh, Alas, I loved it.
1: I loved Alas, it, Evan. Alas, Um, I do think, though, I mean, I would imagine their winter classic jerseys are going to be darker because they're home. Mm -hmm. Um, I would not be opposed to them in the new year wearing um, the reverse retros on the road, um, sparingly, because I'm in the camp that thinks that the Bruins, they've had the same home and away jersey now, aside from the little tweaks that Adidas brought from Reebok. They've had the same jersey since 07. Yeah, that's you know, that's like 15 years at this point. So like. I wouldn't be opposed. Now, I'm not saying make this the new away jersey, but what I'm saying is I would not be opposed to next season them making some tweaks, switching up a bit. Now, I know you got it's a good jersey, like they have a good home and away jersey. Like we're we're fortunate that we get to watch it every game, and like it's a it's a clean home jersey, a clean away. Like it's a good setup. Um, I just wouldn't mind a little change um, and throwing these alternates in. I think helps. Um, you know, wear them on the road after this. You know, wear the darker ones at home. Or the lighter ones on the road. Like, I'm fine with that, you know. Switch it up. I like that. I like that about basketball. They have a thousand jerseys. The Celtics wore their, their Bill Russell jerseys on home opener. They should wear those, you know, more and you you throw other jerseys in. Like, I like that. I think I'm all, I'm, all that for,
2: I'm all for cycling as many jerseys as possible. I even like when like teams bring out like their alternates or like special ones for the playoffs. Like, I always love when like Pittsburgh would do that. Like the Penguins would have yeah. their alternates for so I always feel like it's like a special occasion. It's like BU always has their alternates, but they're always like in hockey playoffs, or it's in like the bean pot. Break them out. It feels like it's a special occasion. So yeah,
1: where I like the alternates. It. Um maybe
2: not the, f- maybe not the poo Bears. Maybe not the poo Bears. Yeah, no, no no, 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 no. But are you, no. if they brought back, if they brought back those Tahoe ones, it's like a playoff game. <laughs>
1: Ooh, hell yeah! No, I'm in. I I I've always liked that. Um, my favorite reverse retro, Florida. I think Florida hit it out of yeah, the park yeah. on that one. Yeah, they. I love it. baby blue. Yeah. Um, them and the Canadians, I thought had, I know the Canadian for, for teams like the Canadians and the Red Wings, it's tough because they've always had the same logo. It's always kind of in the same branding. Um, the Red Wings missed, uh, but I will give the, the Canadians credit because that's actually pretty good sweater
2: yeah they did a good job um I'm not buying into the the gimmick about the glow in the dark vegas ones like who who cares
1: oh those are glow in the dark i didn't yeah, even gl- see that glow
2: in the dark but you don't you don't even play in the dark though that's <laughs> just what's the point of it it's like having like the capacity
1: let- one time in the garden it went the lights went off so maybe it was that one time happen. yeah so yes. maybe that's
2: what they were thinking of but it's like you know having these like features that aren't even practical that's like if vegas announced like the lettuce had like scratch and sniff and it smelled like root beer <laughs> so that's cool. It that doesn't mean anything. Like, I don't know. Why'd you do that? Why'd you spend like the extra 10, 10 grand to add scratches snip to the letters?
1: Yeah. Um. I also like the coyotes. I like the, I like the burnt orange. I like that. You know, I mean, again, I like when teams take chances, I wouldn't say any of the three that I like took like huge chances, but they're visually appeasing. i again, I think hockey, I think we would all agree. All agree has the highest ceiling for what you can do with a sweater, just yeah. the logos, the colors, like, In my mind, every team should have a bunch of sweaters. I do. I I think it's, you know, I'm glad that Adidas is doing this, but I don't know why they don't have the old reverse retros too. Like, you don't have to wear them every game. You can use them sparingly. I know it's annoying for equipment managers who are, you know, having to constantly kind of switch, but like you have them, you might as well like use them. So um, again, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't hate the jerseys that the Bruins have. I think they're good. I'm, I'm lukewarm on it. I'm not, I was not like, super into it but i also wasn't like oh i can't watch those games you know how am i gonna just gonna it's hurt the, my it's eyes like the people
2: who are mad about when they had the rapid seven logo it's like this is a this yeah is i a, mean my like- front <laughs> to my jersey that i spill marinara sauce on when i go to <laughs> when, I, when i go to pizzeria regina it's like what do you relax it's just, a just
1: pizzeria regina though just just pizzeria only, regina.
2: only the marinara sauce from regina is the huh? one you, you never know so yeah
1: no, I don't know. It's, but I, again, there are some other good ones. I always like when they bring these out because it's, you know, it's a change. Um, I don't think there were any like horrible ones. Um, I mean, there were some that just weren't that creative. Boring. like boring. Yeah. Like I, to me, I'll never like the Capitals old logo. I just won't. Um, I just think it's really dull. That's just me. You know, it's everyone has a different taste, different strokes, different folks. So uh anyways connor uh what can people look forward to from you over at bsj
2: yeah we're going to have you cover every step of the way as the season goes on uh we'll have coverage from obviously recording thursday so we'll have full coverage from the bruins ducks game um throughout the week we'll have our usual game reports uh practice reports video breakdowns working on a couple of features. Q and A's everything. We have everything over at com. So please subscribe over at BSJ. If you want to follow me on Twitter? You can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go
1: do all that. That's Connor Ryan, Evan Marinovsky, both the bear listeners have a great rest of your day.